on the book of Matthew. Has anybody been having a getting a chance to read through Matthew right now? Hopefully. Uh, if you haven't, go ahead and start reading through Matthew. We're gonna this is gonna take us all the way up to uh April, uh all the way up to uh Easter Sunday. And so uh you can start reading, you can pick up at any point and just read. And if once you get done with Matthew, go back and read it again. And I believe that that will help. That will help on Sundays as we're going through uh, the book of Matthew. Last week we looked at the temptation of Jesus. Today I want to look at what I believe is the mission of Jesus. I believe He points it out in Scripture. I believe He shows us uh, what He came here to do, and I believe He has a threefold mission on what He came to do. And I believe that we see a glimpse of each of these in the text that I'm going to read to you today. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Matthew. And I want to read from chapter 4. Uh, we're picking up where we left off last week. We, we ended, uh, we went through verse 11, and today we're going to start at verse 12. And so today I've entitled this message, The Mission, if you're taking notes. And I want you to think about a mission for a moment. If you've ever watched some kind of movie that features a group of people going on a mission, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you've ever watched those Indiana Jones films, they always had a mission. What's the one thing that was in common? What were they going after? They were going after uh, a, uh, uh, an item, right? I know like Raiders of the Lost Ark, they went looking for the Ark of the Covenant. That was the, and if, I think the third one, they went and looked for the Holy Grail. Y'all remember that? Uh, and so there was, but anyway, there was different things, different things that they're going in search for in these movies. They have a mission. Or if you've ever seen a, uh, a space movie, you know, like, uh, you know Apollo 13. I know that was a disaster, but uh, but there was there was different missions that that people have in mind. We see these outplayed uh, on movies all the time, where there's a mission, there's a point, there's a purpose of something that they're going to do. And uh, so uh, here we are today. We're going to see what Jesus's mission was. What did he come to fulfill uh, in? While he was here on earth, and we're going to begin by looking at verse 12. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, it says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. I want to stop there for just a moment. We'll pick it back up here in just a minute. The Judean ministry of Jesus which lasted almost one year, it's not discussed here by Matthew. You can read about that period in John chapters 1 through 4. But this is what took place uh, between the verses 11 and 12. So uh, Jesus comes out of the wilderness experience with Satan, and for almost a year he's ministering in Judea, and Matthew turns around and picks it up a year later uh, back with Jesus, as John the Baptist is being arrested and Jesus is setting up his ministry home in Capernaum. And it is, ver it is verse 17 where we see Jesus' first part of his mission. 
And that's what verse 17 says. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So the first thing he did was he preached repentance. Jesus started his ministry with the same message that people had heard from John the Baptist. Turn from your sins and turn to God. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? That's what Jesus came. That's what he started with. He preached repentance. And I want you to understand, becoming a follower of Christ, it begins with repentance. Turning away from our self-centeredness and our self-control. And the next step is to turn right way to Christ, right? Jesus' call for repentance was a further call for moral renewal and preparation for his kingdom. The kingdom was near in the sense that the kingdom was present. Amen? Jesus was the king. The kingdom of heaven was being prepared, and the king was now on the earth, but he will not establish his kingdom until the very end when he returns and he sets up his, and sets up his throne here on earth. But Jesus, at that moment, at that point, he was setting the stage for what is soon to come. He makes the message clear that we must repent. We must return from our old way of doing things, and we must make Jesus the one true king, true Lord of our life. Now for my second point, instead of reading verses 18 through 22, you can read those, but I want to show you a clip from the show, The Chosen. Anybody ever seen that? I wanted to show you this clip. This is where Jesus chooses the first disciples. Take a look. Put that down for a second. A little farther down. I don't have a clue what you're teaching. We've been doing this all night.
My brother and the baptizer, <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, son. I'm sorry. We've waited for you for so long. We believe, but by faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, Kishina. I will love you. Anything you ask, I will do. well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish to the market and settle up Simon's debt. I'll get some help to bring both of these folks. Are you sure? Yes, sure. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> you just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you may suffer? <laughs> Go, now. Hey, it's Dallas from the creator of The Chosen, and yes, season one of The Chosen is complete. Fernando. All eight episodes, they're available right now. You can look up The Chosen in the App Store or Google Play, and we're easy to find. You can download it and be watching within minutes. In fact, it's unprecedented. You can connect with us. That was powerful, wasn't it? The second part of Jesus' mission was to make disciples. Jesus would eventually have 12 disciples. We begin here with the first four, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And this is actually the second time that Jesus called Peter and Andrew. In John chapter 1, Peter and Andrew were called to salvation, and here they are called to service. The first calling took place in Judea, and this one is in Galilee. Peter and Andrew were fishermen, but Jesus called them to be fishers of Men, their responsibility was to follow Christ. Jesus' responsibility was to make them successful fisher men. And their following of Christ involved more than physical nearness. It included their imitation of the character of Christ. Theirs was to be a ministry of character. What uh, they were was more important than what they said or did. Did you hear that? I want to say it one more time. What they were 
was more important than what they said or did. And I want you to understand something this morning. We are to become disciples of Christ. And then we are to go and make more disciples of Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a pattern, right? We make disciples, and then those disciples that we make go and make disciples. And while they're making disciples, we go make more disciples. And then everybody's making more disciples. And then everybody keeps in it. It's a continual process. Do you get what I'm saying? A lot of times, and I remember growing up, man, we would talk about how many people were saved. Can I tell you, it's great and wonderful when there's a lot of people saved, but when we don't do anything and we don't follow up with it after that, we are not doing the and fulfilling the call that God has placed upon our lives. Do you hear me? People can get saved all day long, but if we don't do nothing with them, then we're not fulfilling the calling that God has placed upon our life. We're not doing what Jesus said. You notice Jesus asked him to salvation, and then a year later, or some point later, he calls them to service, to come and follow him, and to help him make more disciples. That was the point. That was the process. That was what he was trying to do. That he was, that's what he was wanting to fulfill. But we are to become disciples of Christ and go make more disciples. It never ends. It's a continuous process, one person at a time. Can you imagine what would happen to this church if, if each of you that were here right now would just go and find one person to disciple? Think about it. And then that person goes and they disciple. It's a process of multiplication, amen? How many knows that multiplication, it happens a lot faster than addition, don't it? Right? If I add five, what happens? You get five, right? If I multiply what I have times five, what do I get? Think about it. If I add five to five, I get what? Ten? If I add, if I multiply five to five, what do I get? Twenty-five. Pretty amazing how that works, isn't it? But if we did what Jesus called us to do, we would have less of the garbage to worry about because we would be consumed with the process of disciple-making. What can be more important than making disciples for the kingdom of heaven, right? Now I go down to verse 23 because that just showed you the whole part of that middle section. Go down to verse 23 of our text, chapter 4. Uh, part Jesus's, third part of Jesus' mission. Here it is, verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Verse 25, large crowd from Galilee the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Jesus is talking to us today, I believe. We have a look at the threefold mission of Jesus being done in these last three verses. He taught God's word in the synagogue. He preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed the sick. Now, my last point is this. Set captives free. 
preached repentance. He made disciples. And he set captives free. One purpose of the miracles of healing was to authenticate his person and ministry. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 3 through 4 says, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew are an example of Jesus' teaching ministry. Now, we're not going to cover the Beatitudes at this moment. I will do a Beatitude series coming up this summer. Uh, but I want you to understand the Beatitudes is, is part of that uh, in, in Matthew uh, chapters 5 through 7. Chapters 8 through 9 describes his miracles. And in verse 23 of our text, we have the first use of the gospel in uh, the word gospel in the New Testament. The term means good news of salvation. That's what gospel means. Good news of salvation. In every age of the world's history, there has been only one gospel, only one way of salvation. And the gospel originates in the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, for it is what? By grace you have been saved through what? Faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. That means that God gives eternal life freely to sinful people who don't deserve it. I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. What does that mean? It means I don't deserve it. But it was freely given to me. Amen? It was freely given to me. I did not deserve it, but he freely gave it to me. And the basis of the gospel is the work of Christ on the cross. Look at what Paul writes about in the about the gospel in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. You see, our Savior, he fulfilled all the claims of divine justice, enabling God to justify believing sinners. You and I are to be, are to be and we are to become, if you aren't already, disciple makers. All of us have a job that we do here on earth, right? We all have a job. We get up, we go do, we perform our job. Our job defines us. We say, I'm a teacher or I work in a factory. And we allow that title to determine who we are. However, let me say this, if you are a Christian, then you need to change your title to disciple maker, amen? We need to change our title to disciple maker. Nothing else about your life matters more than being a disciple maker. Think about the story we looked at a few minutes ago. Jesus tells Peter and Andrew to cast their nets to the other side. He was using their occupation and performing a miracle. They fished all night. And no fish. <laughs> Nothing. 
I love the look in that video. When Peter says, Master, we've been at this all night. You can tell he's tired. He's wore out. And I love Jesus just looks at him. Like, as to say, and your point would be, (laughs) I just told you what you are to do, you know? Put your nets over on the other side, you know? But here they are. Jesus is using the occupation that they have. And Jesus then calls them to a higher mission than they have ever known. He calls them to influence others for God and introduce them to Christ. He says, follow me, and I will make you not just fishermen, but I will make you fishers of men. I want you to grasp this. This is our mission. Amen? This is the mission that he's calling us to. And you may be a pastor, evangelist, a missionary, a writer, a computer programmer, a nurse, a factory worker, a waiter, a teacher, or a student. But if you are not striving in some way to introduce others to Christ, you're not doing the most important work to which God has called you to. Amen? It's so important that we memorize the words of Paul and put them into practice. He said, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, he says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Jesus speaks to us to go and fulfill the mission. In John chapter 15, verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. The mission is clear, amen? Jesus makes the mission clear. Not only was this his mission, but this is our mission, to preach repentance, make disciples, and to set the captives free, amen? And you are to do the same. Preach repentance. Go make disciples and invite those that are held captive to be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit that's living in you. That's what our purpose is. That's what our mission is. That's what our goal is. Now, we just changed the letters and the names to put on the front so that people know have some little catchy things to kind of remember. We use seek God, connect with people, reach lives. It's the same thing. It's the same mission. We just say it a little differently. But we are, we are here to preach repentance, to make disciples, and to bring people to a loving Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit can set them free from whatever bondage may be keeping them from moving forward in Christ. Amen? That's what we are called to do. That's what he's asking us to do. And we have to go and do those things. That's why it's so important that we do the job that God has called us to do, that we follow the If you do nothing else, okay, if you do nothing else, just follow the example of Jesus. If you do nothing else in your life, just look at the example that Christ led and do that. If you will do that, if you will, if you will read about Jesus, find out about Jesus, study Jesus, learn about Jesus, and if you will see what he lived, because he was God here on earth. Do you hear me? He was God here on earth. And if we follow his example, then we understand how we are to live a Christian life. What is, what is, what is a Christian anyway? It's Christ-like. 
being Christ-like. That's what being a Christian is, is being Christ-like. And can I tell you, there are times that we don't act Christ-like, right? I got my hand raised. You can ask my wife. <laughs> there are times that I don't act Christ-like. You can ask my kids. There are probably some times that I don't act Christ-like. There are times that my kids don't act Christ-like, right? Did you hear what I'm saying? But we are to pursue Jesus. We are to pursue to live the life that he's calling us to live, to be the person he's called us to be. Threefold mission. Preach the gospel. Preach repentance. Make disciples. And to bring people to be set free from the bondage of keeping them from being who God wants them to be. Amen? Can we pray? God, we just thank you that we've come here this morning being in this house. We thank you for talk for, for being here today, God, that as, as, as we come to worship you, God, your presence has filled this place, and we thank you. And God, I pray that as we go from here today, God, we can go and be the disciple makers. God, that we can go and be the church, the people of the church, individuals with your calling to go and to be who you've called us to be to say and to do the things you've called us to say and do. And God, we give you praise, and we give you glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God is good, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I uh, got just a few announcements, and then um, we'll take up an offering. Uh I want to remind everyone that if you would like to be baptized, next Sunday we will have a water baptism uh, if you would like to do that. I need to know today, uh, at the latest, I need to know by Wednesday if you are planning or uh, you would like to be baptized so that we can be sure to have everything set and ready to go for next Sunday. Um, it takes it takes at least a, a little bit to heat up that tank, and I, I promise you, you don't want to get in that tank when it's cold. <laughs> I, I, I'm speaking from experience. Uh, it's not very pleasant, I'll tell you that, uh, especially in the winter. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, if you would like to be baptized, please let us know today or by Wednesday so that we can make the proper preparations for that. Also, um, we're having a Valentine's Day themed spaghetti dinner in a couple of weeks to raise money for our outreach ministry. Uh, let me tell you why. Uh, yes, uh, Friday, um, if, I didn't know if you heard or not, but Friday we, we fed about 120 to 130 people. And uh, so it takes a lot of, uh, uh, and let me just say this, for those of you that uh, brought soups and desserts and crackers and whatever else you brought. Thank you so much. Cornbread, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we cannot do this, uh, everything that we do without you. And so I want to say thank you for that. Um, and so what, we're, what we've also done is we, we, when we first started going down to Hope Campus and, and feeding, we wanted to do it on a Sunday, uh, Sunday evening. And that was our goal, but they didn't have any available. Well, now a spot on a Sunday evening has opened up. So we're going to have a quick turnaround um, this uh, coming up uh, 
It'll be on the 12th. So the same day that we're doing the um, outreach, we're going to be doing the uh, Hope Campus as well. And so we wanted to go ahead, and they had an opportunity that came available, and I said, sure, we can do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to do spaghetti here, fundraiser, and then we're going to just have spaghetti down there. We figured that would be the easiest. Uh, so uh, if you would like to help us, we still need dessert and stuff like that. See Pastor David, raise your hand so everybody can see who you are, and uh, go see him, and uh, he can get you down or whatever. You're gonna, this is going to be a quick turnaround. You know, normally we have another month. We're only going to have two weeks. Uh, so if you can uh, let us know what, uh, how you can help, uh, just see him, and we'll get that going. Also, as soon as service is over, we're having a parent meeting for anyone whose kids is interested in going to camp this summer, both youth and kids camp. Uh, we're just going to meet right up here on this front row, and uh, it won't be long. Uh, we'll just have a quick meeting. And uh, so that'll be right after service is over. Our ushers will be at the back uh, to uh, take up the offering. There's also a, uh, a secure offering box in the foyer. And also, you can also give online as well. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember the, the uh, movie Goonies? Anybody remember that? That's one of my favorite all-time movies as a uh, my childhood favorite. And uh, I remember going to the theater to watch it, and I remember thinking that was so cool. This group of kids went out on a treasure hunt, and they found this treasure, and they went and explored all these caves. I thought, man, that was the coolest thing. Um, and so it's, it's what it's about. It's about a, a close group of friends, and they're, they call themselves the Goonies. And they're about to lose uh, several houses to a development company, and they have called the note on all their loans. And these group of kids, they're digging around in, a, in uh, one, of the, one of their attics, and they stumble on a treasure map. And the treasure is located in their city, and they decide to go look for this treasure. And an adventure, of course, ensues. And there's one thing that this movie and many other adventure films have in common. Legends. A few maps. And the hope of finding a vast treasure, right? Now, whether you've ever wanted to follow X marks the spot on a treasure map, it's easy to get caught up in the potential for a big find. And as amazing as it would be to dig up a chest of gold coins, Scripture tells us to look at treasure a bit differently. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now while there's nothing wrong with looking for a chest full of gold coins, our reward in heaven for obeying God is far greater than any earthly treasure. One tangible way to obey God is by trusting Him with our finances, our treasure however much that may be. And when we give, we're saying that we trust God with that money. Today, let's repair our tithes and offerings with the mindset that we're honoring God with our finances. Let's trust Him to use these offerings to build His church. And like I said in my message, make disciples. 
what it's about. Amen? Amen. Can we pray? Lord, I just pray that you would bless this offering. Bless each and every person that gives this morning, God. I pray that you would just give them an abundance, Lord God. God, that as they commit their finances to you, as they give to you, give of their first fruits, God, I pray for blessings to flow upon them. That you would do a mighty work. God,